him laugh, make him laugh. Bet you all tired of hearing the constant blather. In the end, you just want to know that laughing matters. From entrepreneurs to Fortune 500, humor makes the world go round. You didn't know? It's a fit for a fro, like a roll with spaghetti. To keep your culture light when times are heavy. So sit back and relax as you raise the bar. When it all comes down to the ha, ha, ha. Yeah, make him laugh, make him laugh, huh? You make him laugh, make him laugh. Welcome to Laughing Matters, a podcast like no other you'll find anywhere in the world, where we explore the power of humor and laughter in a world that frankly sorely lacks both, and how leaders from all walks of life use humor to take the edge off. We believe this podcast is of the moment, and you know we never needed it more. Uh, so we're thankful to have you all listening to us today. I'm your host, Paul Merchan. I'm a senior vice president at Peppercom, and I'm joined by our fearless leader, CEO Steve Cody. Hi, Steve. Paul, top of the morning. Top of the morning to you. I'm glad you're bringing in some some culture from across the pond there with with your intro. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, it's an honor to have with us today one of the world's leading experts in strategic communications. He's our guest. He's the senior vice president and chief communications officer at Conagra Brands, formerly known as Conagra Foods, the maker of brands such as Slim Jim, Healthy Choice, and Ready Whip. He previously held leadership roles at Hillstar Brands, Sara Lee, Valley Total Fitness, and Pepsi. But he's also famous for hosting a jam session from his basement, which he streams every Friday on Facebook Live. We're pleased to bring you today, John Harris. John, welcome. Well, oh my gosh, thank you so much, Paul, and thank you, Steve. Uh, what an, first off, what a great idea for a podcast, guys. Uh, and, and second, I have to say, I've known Steve for many years, and he truly is one of the the, the funniest uh, folks I know. And uh, and so uh, I know that humor has been a big part of of, of uh, Steve's career and his success. And uh, I'm honored to be here with you guys today. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Go ahead, Paul. Let's fire away. Let's put this guy on the spot. I'm on the hot seat right now, Merchon. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, we'd like to start, obviously, from your intro. We've seen your, your great career in the food and beverage sector. And we, it's an industry which is well known, I think, for using humor and tongue-in-cheek kind of approaches to its marketing. Uh, we're curious to know if you can tell us about any campaigns you've worked on that have truly infused a sense of humor. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, and I gave some thought to this, um, which is rare because I normally don't think, as, as Steve will tell you. Um, uh, I will tell you, um, um, so many of, of, of the campaigns over my years at Pepsi, um, at Bally, uh, at Sara Lee, uh, and certainly here at ConAgra, campaigns have often uh, used humor as a, a great tool to connect with consumers in a powerful way. And uh, what I think we've done here on Slim Jim, um, we have a wonderful meme uh, uh, strategy that we, we launched a few years back that has truly set this brand apart from any other uh, in the industry. And I'll tell you so much so that we have this incredible uh, following called the Long Boy Gang. And uh, we have 1.4 million followers right now. And that was all through earned media, all through humor, and all through connecting with consumers, not only where they live, but where they hang out. And I look back, and that's really, we don't do a lot of advertising on the brand, but I got to tell you, Paul, through digital and social, uh, we have grown this community um, so much so that that we recently won Ad Week's March Adness campaign, beating Nike and Burger King and Wendy's and so many other brands that uh, that are so well known for their their uh, their communities. Uh, so uh, and humor has led us 
every step of the way. That's that's awesome. awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That, well, I mean, it really congratulations goes to the team who really get and understand this community and continue to put forth uh, compelling and humorous and entertaining content that just, you know, hits it out of the park every time. It's uh, it's it's something it's it's unlike anything I've seen in my career. And again, for us to get, a, you know, a one point million, uh, you know, uh, you know, person community um, and to do it with zero advertising, zero paid uh, is uh, is pretty impressive. Uh, beyond impressive, beyond. Imp and speaking of beyond impressive, Paul alluded to your Facebook uh, basement sessions, which um, um, I must admit, I I do attend two out of four. Um, That's OK, man. I'm, I, listen, I'm glad that you're on any of them. So thank you. You're very well, kind. They're, they're a they're phenomenal. Um, the, the, the riffs, the covers, the requests. So so what prompted it? Can you just um, yeah, was it was it the pandemic that prompted it or had you been doing this all along? Can you give us a little background on the basement sessions? I absolutely will. Well, well and thank you, Steve. Thank you for your support, your requests uh, and, and the many times that you've danced on your Peloton bike while listening to the sessions. I, <laughs> I, I started these weekly acoustic concerts from my basement um, about say 18 months ago now, and it was a way to honor the frontline workers during the pandemic. I mm -hmm. saw that, uh, you know, uh, real musicians like Coldplay and and, uh, and others were doing it. And I thought, my gosh, this is kind of fun. So I started doing a couple of songs here and there and it caught on. And we started getting requests. We started getting people who were trapped in their homes because they really couldn't do anything um, uh, to just kind of follow, follow um, and, uh, and to tune in each and every week. And so I've been doing it now for over a year. And even though we're now able to leave the house, I still enjoy doing them. And, and as I say, uh, I'll keep doing them as long as people keep listening. We we um, we, we get a few thousand uh, viewers a week between Instagram and Facebook. Um, and we get a lot of requests. We've probably done, I think, about 350 songs over the past um, 18 months. We actually are doing our 60th session tomorrow, which is my annual birthday show. And of course, the annual birthday show is it's the second year in a row that we're doing it. So I don't know if you can really call it annual, but uh, we have sponsors. Uh, we're giving out power plate plus personal massagers and tomahawk steaks from uh, from uh, the Chicago State guy. And I'm, uh, you know, and it's all done for fun and to, uh, to kind of keep things lighthearted. Um, a lot of humor in addition to a lot of music. And uh, and again, the goal is to keep it entertaining. And, and it's so nice to hear people from all over the world. We've got folks in France listening. We've got folks in London listening. Um, uh, we have celebrities, Al Roker. He's tuning in tomorrow from Tokyo. Uh, you know, we've had John Hamm listen and Rachel Ray. And it just, and then we, you've got my friends from high school and grammar school. And it's it's just it's an eclectic group, uh, and I just love doing it every week. And, and like I said, as long as people you know aren't throwing things at their computers or their phones, <laughs> throwing their phones, then I'm just going to keep doing it. So uh, I have a lot of fun doing it, and uh, and it, and I find it a nice challenge because we we do different songs every week. So I to keep myself engaged and 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 challenged, we kind of you know we pick up obscure stuff. Laugh, laugh by the Bo Brummels. 
uh, the lemon pipers, my green tambourine. So like we're doing some obscure stuff. We get a lot of obscure uh, requests too. Many of them come from Mr. Cody. Um, but um, I do remember doing Cold as Ice for Steve. Yes. Uh, at one time uh, as he was dedicating it to uh, myself. <laughs> Say who he was dedicating it to. I'll let Steve tell you. <laughs> I dedicated it to myself, John. <laughs> You're willing to sacrifice our love, Steve, and that's what I love most about you. <laughs> well, listen, uh, what what you are doing is such a great service, and it really plays into what what we're trying to do with our humor offerings, and that is really just to put smiles back on people's face faces, let them chill out, you know, after you know a particularly horrendous week of. <laughs> whether it's bad news or whatever. So, you know, what you're doing is just so special and I, I congratulate you for it. Definitely. Hey, John, if you had to jam with one, one, you could pick one person to do a jam session with from history, who would it be? Bruce Springsteen. Um, or, okay, I, I could say Bruce Springsteen living. Um, if, oh gosh, it would have to be the Beatles. I mean, it would, or John Lennon, if you wanted yeah. to get specific, but, um, yeah, and we, we do a lot of Beatles and Springsteen on the basement sessions. Um, uh, I don't know if I do them well, but we do a lot. Well, that's the important part is to have fun with it, right? I, I think that's, that's, again, sort of the crux of, uh, you know, what, what we're doing here with, with, with humor. Uh, and it, it's funny because like, we, we looked at some of the interviews you've done previously, John, and I think you've always had this um, notion of the importance of storytelling right, within your line of work, right? Uh, but also, it, it seems like you you keep things pretty lighthearted as well. And I wanted to ask you, how do you do that? How do you really balance being that storyteller and, and, and focusing on that with uh, keeping it you know humorous and lighthearted at the same time? Thank you, Paul. I mean, well, look, what we do for a living is not for the faint of heart. And I've said that since day one, um, uh, starting my career uh, early in the agency business at a place called Sutton Healthcare Group. Um, you know, we deal with a lot of serious issues, crises, reputational risks, product recalls, social media campaigns against organiza our organization, um, uh, which, thank goodness, we don't have uh, many of them. Uh, but I found that you get the best of people when they feel open and empowered to share their opinions and expertise. And for me, humor is my default way to get to know people and make them feel at ease, make them feel comfortable allow them to be themselves. It doesn't mean that we we don't take the work seriously. Of course we do, but but it means that we can laugh to deal with the stress while we're working tirelessly day and night to solve the problem. And so I just find that, that it's a great way to let off steam. It's also a great way to know one another. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm being very sincere when I say this about Steve. Steve really is unlike any other communications professional because uh, a, he's really funny, <laughs> and B, you know, he truly has incorporated humor into his overall persona, um, and people know him for it, but also know him for being an incredible communicator uh, and a communications leader, um, and, and I think that's very, very powerful because it's allowed him, I think it's allowed me, and I think it's allowed um, several other communications professionals to really get the most out of their people because they feel so comfortable and they feel so uh, empowered. And I think humor's allowed that and enabled that to happen. Thank you for that, John. Should I Venmo or PayPal the hundred dollars? Venmo. Venmo. Um, uh, I'll send you uh, my my username, um, and and I'd like them in, in, in. That's cold hard cash. Yeah, understood. No problem. Thank I you. thought you take. I thought you take Bitcoin. 
Yeah, uh, uh, well, I, we don't do Bitcoin just yet, um, but I'm getting up to that. So, Paul, I'll be able to take your payment very soon as well. Steve and I, we uh, we, we look at your Harris Mint, uh, your, your daily sayings. They're pretty cool. We, lo- we love them. Um, how did that? I, how did that idea come up? And, and maybe you can give us a couple of your favorite or, or funniest uh, Harris Mints. You got it. Well, I'll tell you, I started the Harris Mints. Got it, it. I think it might be a, a decade ago, and it's very funny because a, a dear friend of mine, a late friend of mine, unfortunately, um, said to me, "Oh, you, you know, dude, you can't do this." Like, you know, and I would post them because. I felt I needed those words as much as others did. You know, I, I, I you know, I don't profess to be a, anything other than, you know, a, a, a human being, uh, you know, who has good, bad and ugly days. And so I started posting them. And, and again, it's kind of like the basement sessions. People seem to like them. And and I kept doing them. And my friends, well, you know, once you start this. You got it. You're going to have to keep doing it, man. So I, I think you should stop doing it. And I just. I kept doing it and it almost became I'm a little obsessive compulsive that way. And I, I felt like I had to do it every day. Um, uh, you know, it was part of it was part to get my day going and and to tell, you know, get me psyched up to take on the day and, and to help others as well. And thankfully, people have really liked them. And so so, uh, you know, to get to your second question, my favorite, my favorite of all time is always treat everyone with respect as everyone is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. Mm. Um, I, I always, to me, that that just sums it up, particularly now as we are, you know, we we just saw what happened this week with Simone Biles and, and, mm. and as, as mental health be, be continues to to be, uh, you know, uh, really on, on the forefront of, of so much. And it's more a discussion now than ever before and should be. I, I really, I've always kind of lived my life that way. Um, and I, I always feel that, that that quote captures everything. I love what I posted today, and it really is because of, of, of you guys. But in life, you need to have three bones, a wishbone, a backbone, and a funny bone. <laughs> and, you know, and I feel that, by the way, Reba McIntyre said that I, I can't take any credit for it. But um, but for me, that 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 was one. That's another one that really resonates. And a funny one is uh, which I, I have. I forgot that I did this years ago. If at first you don't succeed, then skydiving definitely isn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't make everyone happy. You're not a pizza. So those are. <laughs> funny ones but but you know the great thing is again they connect with people and if it helps make people think in the morning or or feel empowered uh, even if it's one person then then i've done my job and it and it humanizes you john which you know for leadership is so critical as you well know thank you thanks steve it does well we're all in this together and that's you know you know jim morrison said it right no one gets out here alive so We've got to treat each other with respect. We've got to treat got to treat each other kindly because really we can't do it without one another and we need one another. And and humor really is a powerful tool that connects all of us. Um, and, and, you know, I'm going to keep using it. Awesome. And that's um, you, you, you post those on your Twitter account, which is at John J. Harris, uh, in case anybody is wondering. Uh, but yes, uh, I saw your uh, your Thursday words today. It was really cool, John. So thank you for always keeping us uh, keeping us honest with that. You, know? you got it, Paul. Thank you for your kind words. Really, and it means a lot. Awesome, John. As I think you may know, so Stanford uh, Graduate School of Business 
now requires stand-up comedy as a three-credit course because they feel it's so important to display empathy, vulnerability, authenticity, to learn self-deprecating humor, since it seems to really make you, me, other leaders much more human and approachable. Yep. And yeah, I know you're doing some things as well in terms of like an adjunct professorship. When you when you teach or guest lecture at the University of Chicago, is it primarily about PR or, or brand building? And do you inject humor as part of um, you know your presentations? Well, you know, it's very funny you say that because I always consider my classes, and it's a PR marketing class for those looking for their integrated marketing certificates. So it's at the Graham School. Um, and for MBA students. And I have to tell you, my it's like the Merv Griffin show, because I not only have, you know, every, I, I really try to mix it up. And we've been fortunate to have many well-known um, uh, guests come in. I've had everyone from, uh, we've had Al Roker stop by and Soledad O'Brien, and we've had um, uh, Deborah Norville and, and, and Bill and Juliana Rancic and Stedman Graham, and it's kind of like, you know, at Peekaboo Street, I'm thinking about all the folks we've had throughout the years, but I do it in a way to keep it entertaining, to, to educate, motivate, and activate people. And, and for me, you know, I, the class that I taught on, or that I teach on marketing and PR, it's a great way for me to step back and look at my profession through the eyes of some very, very smart business school students who would ask great questions and challenge me every class. And humor was an integral part uh, of those classes and still is an integral part of those classes, even when I guest lecture. Um, because to your point, Steve, it, it, it's it's the great equalizer. It puts, I always say that music is that universal language, but I really believe that humor is that universal language too. Yes, we, we there's dark humor, there's slapstick humor, there's so much, there's so many different kinds of, of comedy, but I do believe that it is such an incredible tool for folks to use. It's, it's look, it, you know, you've heard the old adage, you know, if you want to give a successful speech, start out with a joke and make it self-deprecating. Um, uh, you know, people seem to love that. I just saw it on Ted Lasso the other night. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. It humanizes you and it makes you approachable and it makes people like you. And so to see that that Stanford's taking the lead here, I can't wait to see other schools take the lead too, because, you know, yes, there is there is so many schools offer speech and so many schools offer public speaking. But, you know, to do stand-up comedy, particularly if you're not a comic, if you're an introvert, uh, and I know it's challenging for so many, but we all know that anyone can tell a joke. Anyone can tell a joke. Um, it, you, you might not be Eddie Murphy. You might not be Steve Cody, but <laughs> you will be, you can tell a joke and you can further humanize yourself to an audience. So I think it helps people get over that hurdle. And so in my class, I try to do that too. I try to inject humor. I also try to encourage others to use humor as well to cut through the clutter and, uh, and, and really, as I said, educate, motivate, and activate folks to, to, to do something. Um, and and I, I find it very useful. And I, my guess is that most do. I can't wait to see other schools follow Stanford's lead. I really can't. Agreed. That's great. Paul, do you want to ask one more question? We're coming up on, let's hit John with a real hardball question. This, this, uh, this is going to be the toughest one. <laughs> so about uh, laughing matters. So we'd like you to tell us if you could point out 
whether it's an embarrassing or a cringeworthy moment that happened to you in your career, or maybe not in your professional career, maybe just something in life that you can laugh at now, but something that made you more open to self-deprecating humor or an event that just helped you understand the power of humor, that, how that can be a way to learn life's lessons. Oh, there's so many of them. I would say that my life has been one long embarrassment, but, uh, <laughs> and, but I will tell you something I learned early in my career. Be, um, I used to work at Ketchum early in my career, and I was in healthcare PR. And years ago in healthcare PR, you could never switch. You could never do brand marketing PR. And even though I was, I was really uh, uh, a lover of pop culture, they would use me to to um, uh, to to do new business pitches, and I loved doing it. And I remember one in particular with Merck. Um, and there was a, there was a client that I still have a relationship with because of humor. And I was with uh, the tops of the heads of the agency who remain my mentors to this day. And I was the 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 lowest ranking uh, person presenting. Um, but what I did helped us get the business. And it was because I don't really remember exactly what I said, but I, I know it was for Merck. And we were in the middle of this this business pitch. And at some point, I, I gave an impassioned plea as to why we should have the business. And I, I literally, and Bob Feldman tells the story because he was there to witness it. Um, I, I ended my presentation on my knees and, you know, almost begging and pleading for the business. And we got it. And my, uh, and the client at the time, I will not, I will say Michael Segev, who was the client at the time, who I'm still connected with on social media, said that was the reason why we got the business. And, you know, it was a risk. It was something that, gosh, I can't believe at 24 years old, I, I had the guts to do that or maybe, maybe just the, the stupidity to, to do that. But it worked. It was a risk because everyone likes to laugh. And you know what we do every single day. Um, you know, it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. But humor uh, allows us to laugh, to breathe, and to, uh, and to move forward. And, and so that was one example. I mean, I've done so much over the years. Um, uh, I've done anything. I've, I've been in a dunk tank on the Ellen show um, <laughs> when we were giving away money uh, to Haiti. Um, I've, uh, I've uh, sung and performed uh, at, at charity events. And, uh, you know, I, I find that self-deprecating humor always works best for me. Um, because just just look at my face, of course, and, and you'll understand, um, which is why I'm never even on social media. I have no problem uh, showing everyone my elementary school pictures as ridiculous as they sound, as they look, um, because it's kind of, you know, I've said this to my wife on our first date. My life is an open book. Um, uh, you know, it's not one that everybody wants to read, but it's an open book. So <laughs> so that's one example that I could think of right now. But there's there's even yesterday. Um, we did one of our all-employee meetings. We were out in Omaha, and it's our annual kickoff where we, uh, we we let all of our employees know kind of our plans going forward, our objectives for the year, why we need them to be on board, aligned, because we can't do it without them. And someone wrote uh, yesterday, we really appreciate John Harris's leadership and and his off-the-wall comments because allow, it allows us to laugh, breathe, and, and take a break, and and further understand the task at hand, and that was the ultimate compliment to me because it, it shows that that it's appreciated 
Um, and 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 what I mean to do, which is you know offer some levity, uh, is hitting the mark, and uh, you know it, it makes it all worthwhile. It really does. That's that's amazing, and it's not surprising at all because you've always been that way as long as I've known you, John. So um, it's um, you're just um, you're an amazing human being. The things you're doing to help others with the harassment and the basement sessions and what you did in Omaha. Uh, just indicative of you know what I think today and tomorrow's leader uh, needs to um, demonstrate in terms of empathy and vulnerability, self-deprecating humor, all the things we talked about. So I still yep. think you look just like the young Robert Redford. So I would not <laughs> I would not worry at all um, about posting high school and grammar school photos. But I just I just wanted to wrap up to to say thank you so much. Um, you shared so many. Um, open, authentic, and funny stories with us. And um, just, I, I cannot thank you enough, John. Well, oh my goodness. Well, uh, you were gonna make me cry, Steve, but thank you. So, listen, I am only as good as the friends I keep and, and, and people like you, dear friends. So uh, I can't thank you enough for your support and your kind words and, uh, and for all the laughs that you provide me. Uh, it, it makes a big difference. And we always know we can count on you uh, when, when we're feeling down to lift us up and uh, and and to make us feel much better. So thank you so much. It means a lot. Thank you, John. Um, Thanks so a lot, John. To wrap it up. That Paul, do you want to just wrap it up and um, let the audience That's, know that there will there will be other that, people not quite as, will, as elucidating and funny as John, but we have others. Yes. Yeah. And press agent. Thank you. Laughing matters uh, will we'll continue, but as you can hear from today, we we make you laugh. Make you cry sometimes, but most importantly, we're here so that we can uh, we can all be together. So uh, thank you again, John. Thanks everyone for joining Laughing Matters.